everyone's talking about AI, NVIDIA in particular, just exploding. I know, Matt, you've been looking at NVIDIA quite a lot. And the word on the street is that there may be some stuff, more gaming, AI, cross-gaming related coming up. But uh, what, what are your current thoughts, Matt? So I'll talk about NVIDIA, and then I'll talk about AI and gaming. And mm -hmm. I'll just basically quote Strauss Zelnick because he said it best two quarters ago on the earnings call. But basically, what NVIDIA came out and said is that they did about $4.2 billion of data center revenue in the most recent quarter ending, ending April. And for the July quarter, they basically expect that to double. So they basically are expecting sequential growth of 80%. And they expect to basically be at a run rate of, well, they didn't put numbers on it, but the extrapolation is they'll be close to a $10 billion quarterly run rate by the fourth quarter, so by the January ending quarter. So this is like exponential growth in yeah. data center GPU demand. And this is entirely fueled by generative AI demand, what we're seeing from training large language models and then implementing them with inference. But it's also about supply. I think we're at a time where they're fortunate that the PC market and the smartphone market are just stinkers and TSMC has excess capacity right now. Because if this was 2021, TSMC is running at 100% utilization. Those sales aren't coming. That, that, that demand, those orders aren't getting filled for three quarters. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're not looking at this hockey stick growth. You're looking at just the backlog being built really large. But we saw this with other companies. We saw triple ordering at that time because people were just putting in orders for shit and hope. We said we wouldn't curse, but there we go. People were putting in orders for stuff and then, um, you know, just waiting to see what came through. And then they would cancel the ones that didn't come through. So, you know, we're in an environment where they're fortunate that the supply chain isn't so backed up where they can fill those orders. Now, I think what's interesting about seeing this from NVIDIA or even Marvell today, where we're recording this day after NVIDIA earnings, but Marvell just printed, they're looking for basically a doubling of AI revenue this year and a doubling of AI revenue next year. So going from 200 million to 400 million to 800 million dollars on a on a revenue base of 2 billion so also very large numbers relative to the size of the company i think what this is telling us is that generative ai is is real and there's real fundamentals behind it and i am guilty i've been a a big proponent of themes like the metaverse which are long term investment plays decade out we're looking at this transformation but it gets hyped up and the stocks prices and and everyone jumps in in it and there's really no fundamentals to back it up right now there's real fundamentals backing up generative AI right now. We're seeing it in the chip space first because we have to build the infrastructure to power this, but we're even gonna start seeing it in pretty much every sector of the economy. Jamie Dimon just said, JP Morgan is gonna build their own chat bot to replace customer service reps. You know, uh, you know, And for gaming, you know, I'll, I'll just, again, I'll, I said, I'll quote Strauss Zelnick, this is like the implementation of the calculator, right? The calculator was just a tool to make people more efficient. It didn't do your job for you. It enabled you to do more with what you have. And that's exactly what we're going to see now. And I use ChatGPT to help me write emails or help me write blog posts. Or, you know, we were coming up with a name for this podcast. And, and I just like, give me 10 examples or whatever, make me a list. So it's great at prototyping and just coming up with things that, that, that would take you as a human being longer to do. It's not smart. It's not trained to be smart. It doesn't think like we do but it's a tool that can help you gain efficiencies in your workflow. And so there's all this concern that ChatGPT and generative AI are gonna come and take your jobs. I don't necessarily believe that's true, but I, what I do fundamentally believe is that if you don't learn how to use generative AI tools and technologies, someone else who does will take your job. Right. Yeah, I think uh, just touching on that NVIDIA print, uh, that was just more violence than guidance. Uh, and I'm sure there's gonna be some concerns on like choppiness or pull in, but 
if you're of the belief that VC investment into AI is going to bloom from here, much of the OPEX for these companies is going to be tech and tools, not headcount. And those checks are going to go straight to NVIDIA and they're going to go straight to compute and storage companies. And this is going to be really good for even like just AWS and Azure workloads. So uh, we're seeing that trickle through the market already. NVIDIA is really the tip of the spear. Uh, and there's been some appreciation already paid to companies that are able to offer like DTC apps, leveraging AI and monetizing. But I think broadly speaking, the market is going to need to play catch up to the broader semi-supply chain, including semi-cap and memory and components. And I guess just from the pure game dev perspective, uh, you know, the job market has changed quite a bit year over year with the power shifting back to the corporate side versus most of the talent side through the pandemic. And we're continuing to see a volley of layoffs across the games industry and broader tech. And of course, this impacts like our friends and our colleagues and their families. And from that perspective, I can certainly see why the proliferation of AI tools and tech can be like super discomforting. Um, but at the same time, I've also seen a, a few instances in the startup arena where really talented teams that aren't nearly as well capitalized as a large publisher uh, are able to leverage tools for, for coding help and art and narrative work. That's just, it's just straight up saving them time. And th there wasn't an opportunity for a full-time employee there in, in any way. Um, and it's also increasing the skill sets of those folks. So I do think AI is going to spur, you know, a new wave of innovation in games making and also cut back on some of the grind and crunch that I think uh, especially JK is familiar with. These <laughs> Very <cool. laughs> uh, there's also like this, this finance and corporate perspective that I think has the tendency to get overblown where the overlords are all of a sudden able to make like a triple A FPS game in a few months with a fraction of the staff and suck up all the economics. But like at a high level, game making is not an easy business. And I don't think that gives enough credit to the teams that are able to make successful differentiated games uh, and experiences. And I do think that the potential to make games quickly and cheaply will exist and will continue to exist. But we've already seen that play out in the mobile gaming development sphere overseas, right? There's been a proliferation of derivative games uh, and that isn't like a risk that the industry hasn't weathered before. So, yeah, I'm very much the belief that, um, you know, we need to take this kind of day by day. But at a high level, I think that's it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And just to and since I'm more on the pixel side and you guys are the kind of like the finance profit guys, <laughs> but maybe I could provide a little bit more nuance in terms of some of the themes that I totally agree with you on, Brian, um, which is that I do think we are going to start we're, we're going to see. Um, I think impact to game development teams, but it, it's not all going to be at the same place at the same time. And so I do think like shorter term, we're probably going to see impact to like art teams first, let's call it within the next two to five years. And it's kind of like, you know, I mean, there was a structural shift in UA and kind of a performance marketing over the past five years. And that gutted a lot of teams by, by half. And there was like, uh, for some teams, just a shift to outsourcing. And I think, Similarly, we'll see that kind of phenomenon hit art teams, especially like concept and eventually like production art fairly soon. And it's just amazing how fast the technology is moving so that even two to five years might be conservative. But I don't know, sometimes I feel like even when the capability is there, sometimes adoption might be slow. So we'll, we'll see ex exactly how fast that diffuses. But I think also art related, the next thing that's going to hit, I think, is animations, right? And so I, I you know, there are animations can take a lot of time and resource. And I, I know, you know, you guys are fans of Call of Duty, but in a game like Call of Duty, where you might have like 6,000 animations just for locomotions, and where suddenly, you know, maybe you can get that done by, 
you know, one or a few people who trains a model, characterize the animations, presses go, and you've got a bunch of stuff that normally would have taken a big team, lots of time, lots of money. Um, and then I, I think the other thing that where there's been a lot of talk is like, and I haven't seen it personally, but there's been a lot of talk by various people saying that AI is going to be able to take a regular or, you know, maybe even bad or mediocre programmer into a 10x programmer. And, you know, that's probably more from what I've seen. I haven't seen it yet, but if, if that's more medium long-term, call it like five to 10 years, then I do think that what the impact of that will do is accelerate structural advantage for geo-favorable favorable regions like China or India, where you've got, you know, um, generally lower capability or expertise, but then with the help of AI, they're all of a sudden be, being able to compete with like your, you know, four to 600K staff software engineer in California, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, or even possibly like, I mean, you're talking about India and, and China today, which are already markets, but now you even bring in Southeast Asia, Latin America, potentially right. Sub-Saharan Africa, like places where game dev doesn't really even exist to, to a large degree yet. So, you know, it does open that up. I, th I think that that scenario is, is fairly optimistic. Look, I think that there's a lot of things that game devs always want to do and, pro you know, ideas get shut down because it's not cost, you know, it just doesn't work out with the cost structure. Well, with generative AI, if you get that 25% efficiency gain that Goldman's calling out for knowledge workers globally within a decade, now those things that were previously cost prohibitive are now within the budget. And so you're able to do more with what you have. It goes back to our efficiency conversation. And I think that's why corporate executives are so, you know, bold up on the, on generative AI. It's because we just, we just talked a lot about efficiency and doing more with what we have. Now we have a tool that lets us do that. So let's just go right. all in on this and see what we get out of it.